So today is Confirmation Sunday. Yeah. So if I could have our 19 students stand up, please. Turn around and wave. You guys can sit. These guys are awesome. I will explain a little bit about the confirmation process and what they've gone through the last two years, but we'll do that in a little bit. So to start today's sermon, because we are having a sermon, we're not just doing confirmation, um, I thought we should go to, the theme for today is stand up for Jesus. What's it mean to stand up for Jesus? And I thought it was pertinent to discuss that today, since we have students who are going to be standing up for Jesus. Huh, ironic how that works. So I thought we should study an example of a disciple who stood up for Jesus. So let's go to Luke chapter 23, 50 through 54. Luke 23, 50 to 54. And I want you to watch for where this disciple stands up for Jesus and what they do. Starting at verse 50. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. Wow! What an incredible example of standing up for Jesus. Right? Did anyone catch that? Like when you think about someone who stands up for Jesus, you think of Joseph of Arimathea, right? No? Yeah? Good job, Sarah. So, I want to dig into this story and see a little bit about how on earth did, did Joseph stand up for Jesus? Because a lot of times, when we think about what's it mean to stand up for Jesus, we think about Stephen. Anyone ever heard of Stephen? First martyr? Stoned to death? He saw Jesus in the heavens? Or maybe we think about Paul? Paul was stoned and lived, shipwrecked and lived, flogged, beaten. He had all tons of stuff happen to him. He stood up for Jesus tons of times. Why didn't I pick him? Let's dig in. So we're going to look at a couple other gospel lessons that talk about this exact situation and what Joseph was doing. So go to John chapter 19, 38 to 42. John 19, 38 to 42. Let's see what else we learn about Joseph. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Wow! 
What a great example of someone who stands up for Jesus. Did you catch that? Verse 38, he was a secret disciple. Any of you ever felt like a secret disciple? If, if you were living life as a secret disciple, you were not living as a disciple. Okay? Secret disciple. Verse 38, now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he feared the Jews. He was a leader of the Jewish council. He was a prominent leader. And he was a secret follower of Jesus. Now, who is Joseph hanging out with? Nicodemus. You guys remember Nicodemus? Is he a real strong follower of Jesus? He, uh, he can only talk to Jesus at night when no one's around. So they don't see him talking to Jesus. So we got two dudes who are secret disciples. Are we called to be secret disciples? What do you think, confirmation students? Are we called to be secret disciples? No. Let's say that again. Are we called to be secret disciples? No. Awesome. All right. So what we have so far is that two guys that are prominent Jewish leaders decide that they're going to take Jesus' body down. It doesn't look like they're standing up for Jesus at all. Let's go to Mark. Mark 15. Mark 15, 42 to 46. Let's see what this says. It was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that, he that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. So here's the question. Why, why does it say that he went boldly? Why did he have to go boldly to Pilate? Jesus was dead. If you were a secret follower of Jesus, what is the worst time to stand up and say that you are a follower of Jesus? When his movement is dead. His movement was dead. There wasn't any reason for Joseph to stand up for Jesus then. Because it was done. Jesus was dead. The council had gotten their way. What's the point of standing up then? Why did he stand up then? If he would have stood up for Jesus when Jesus was alive, he might have been able to do something about it. God might have been able to use him to save Jesus. Instead, he was quiet. He didn't say anything. He hid his faith. And now that Jesus is dead, and there's nothing to be gained, that's when he stands up. If you 
were wanting to avoid persecution from your peers, and now the movement is dead, that is not when you start talking about how much you follow Jesus. It's way easier to just be like, oh, oh, that Jesus guy, is he dead? He was dead. He went boldly to Pilate at the exact time that it gained him nothing. Gained him nothing. What day of the week was it? Sabbath. It was a day of preparation before the Sabbath. It's Friday. What are they supposed to do on the Sabbath day? They rest. What holiday were they about to celebrate? Passover. Have you guys ever read in uh, it's Leviticus, maybe? Numbers, Deuteronomy? The rules about what happens if you touch a dead body? What do you got to do? You are ceremonially unclean, which means that you have to go through a fairly intense process over seven days to be cleansed so that you can be back a part of the community. He and Nicodemus, the day before, because Passover is a week, they celebrate for a week, the day before the Sabbath, touch a dead body. They are now not able to continue celebrating Passover or participate in Sabbath. They have to celebrate Passover a month from now. Joseph of Arimathea decides to stand up, proclaim that he is a follower of Jesus when the movement is dead and it causes him lots of heartache and trouble. But you think about it. Who was there when Jesus died? Where was Peter? He denied him three times. As far as we know, there was only one disciple that was there, and that was John. Where was everyone else? Everyone else bailed and was scared. Joseph stayed and then stood up for Jesus at the exact time that no one in their right mind would have. That's what it means to stand up for Jesus. There's a couple points out of this story that I want to make. The first one is this. We're called to stand up for Jesus all the time in the big and small moments. I think Joseph missed lots of small moments to stand up for Jesus. He was a leader in the council. The council wanted Jesus dead. I don't know how much he stood up for Jesus during these discussions. I think he got to a point where he was sick and tired of just laying it down and missing those opportunities. I think God calls us to be faithful and stand up for him in the small moments so that we are trained, equipped in the small moments so at the big moments come, we are ready.
God wants us to stand up for him all the time, big moments and small. Secondly, he wants us to stand up for him when it's a hassle or uncomfortable. We are called to get out of our comfort zone and stand up for Jesus no matter how much it hurts. We live pretty comfortable lives. Would you guys agree? Comfortable lives. Any of our confirmation students been persecuted this week for their faith? No. Maybe ever in your life persecuted for your faith? Don't really feel like it, right? Being a Christian in America, as much as it's hard sometimes, is pretty darn easy. God calls us just like Joseph did. Even when it's hard, when it creates problems in our personal life, when we have to miss Passover or basketball practice or sports stuff, whatever it is, God calls us to follow him first, even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it's uncomfortable. Third, for us to be able to stand up for Jesus, we've got to depend on Jesus to help us. Any of you guys sinners? Just checking. Any of you guys ever struggle to follow Jesus? Any of you ever struggle to stand up for Jesus? Any of you ever had a moment where you were like, mm, I really know God wanted me to do this, and I just bailed? Me too. Do you want to be able to stand up for Jesus in all the hard moments? If you want to be able to do that, then you have to depend on the Holy Spirit giving you the strength, the words, the peace to do it even when it's hard, even when it's a hassle, even when it's the worst time by worldly wisdom. Okay? All of this speaks to the fact that we have to take action. And that's what we've been talking about in James the whole last several months. When we go into James and it talks about faith without works is dead, Joseph finally took, took action and showed his faith. May today be an opportunity that you guys are taking action and confirming your faith, but at the same time, may it be the beginning of every day you taking action to show your faith. Whether that's spending quiet time, praying for a kid at school, loving on your parents even when they don't handle a situation well, Forgiving yourself when you don't handle a situation well. Loving your siblings. So easy, right? Oh, it's not? When we take action, stuff happens. I want us to read out of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, 32 to 38. And what I want you to pay attention to is what happens to people who lived out their faith, okay? You guys are going to be really excited about this. Hebrews 11 is the, like, faith hall of fame. It talks about Moses and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, all these guys who lived out their faith and took action, starting at verse 32, chapter 11. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, 
who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. That sound good? You guys wanting to rout some armies? Awesome. Verse 35. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Anyone want to sign up? Sign up. Stand up. Say, this is what it means to follow Jesus. You guys excited? I got a saw on the back. <laughs> and I am not a magician. <clears throat> Today, you're going to stand together and then come up one at a time and you're gonna confirm your faith in Jesus. And I don't expect that most of you will face that type of persecution. But you will face some, whether it's being unpopular because you choose to follow Jesus instead of culture. Whether you choose to say, I'm gonna believe in Jesus, and if it, even if it costs me this opportunity, I'm gonna follow him. Joseph of Arimathea stood up for Jesus at the worst time and then still had to live. We don't know if he lost his position on the council. We don't know what happened to him after that. But he stood up and it hurt. But he had peace and he was faithful and he walked with Jesus and there was joy and there was comfort. Know that when you follow Jesus and you step up, even when it's hard, you'll have peace and joy. And God will use you in ways that you never imagined. Maybe shutting the mouths of lions or other high schoolers. Okay. What I would like to do now is close the sermon time in prayer and then we will start the confirmation process. Lord, we come before you right now and we thank you for the incredible gift of your son and the sacrifice that he went through, that you went through, that we might live. Lord, just as your sacrifice was done for us and you stood up to Satan for us, help us stand up for you. Help us to be the salt and the light that you call us to be. Lord, help us to stand up when it's uncomfortable, when it's hard, when it doesn't make sense, but we know that you are calling us to do it. Help us to live this world as lights for you. We love you, Lord. Amen.